Hey friends, today is a really exceptional day. I know that you are probably aware of all the things happening in Ukraine right now. And so today I get to introduce you to my friend Tally. She and I work together at the hospital. She's an ICU nurse and I'm just in awe of how this project has come about and that I get to be a part of it, um, just a small part of sharing it with you today. And so I hope that you'll listen in and um, just join us in prayer and in helping in tangible ways. So today, Tally's gonna just gener very generously teach us about uh, Ukrainian culture and what God is doing in the people there, and also how we can be um, a part of meeting real and urgent needs. We can be a part of it, even way over here. Um, there's no distance that's too far. Like God is just making lots of ways to uh, make it possible for us to help. Um, everything is updating every day, so you can check and follow her Facebook page. Um, but as of today, the medical supplies and medicines are going to be shipped for free. So that's really exceptional. They're also accepting um, used clothing and food and, and money, but she'll talk about all of that and kind of let you know, but you can also find all of that information on the Facebook page. So I also wanted to just kind of share that Sunday we visited the local Slavic church with Tally and got to be just in unity with them, to pray with them, to share in their heaviness and share their burden. And um, their service was, was just brimming with so much joy and so much truth, like extremely powerful. And they continuously and just boldly proclaimed that Jesus is the source of freedom. That, you know, no matter what the circumstances, that Jesus is the source of freedom. And y'all, I was just captivated. They seamlessly shared all these truths in two languages and were just so generous to use an interpreter. And it just flowed really well. It was really, really beautiful and neat. And then um, it just felt like we were stepping into something sacred. It was a holy, holy time. It was full of life. And my favorite part was when they would pray, everyone would stand up and just start praying out loud and in whatever language they speak. And so the room was full of, of prayer and pouring out and speaking truth in, in different languages. And it was, it was crazy. It was amazing. So, you know, being free to worship in community is something that I think we need to find renewed gratefulness for. And it's not something that we should take for granted. It's not something that everyone has. And so today just felt really beautiful. So the depths of who Jesus is and how he connects us to heaven is something we can spend our entire lives marveling over and allowing it uh, you know, allowing it to fill us again and again. So in this experience, um, Tally has really taught me how to keep looking for the hope because yeah, big picture, it looks like evil is 
um, taking over. But the truth is that God is pursuing the heart of individuals and he is performing miracles in the daily moments and the lives of people. And so it's just really neat how God meets people in that way and how he never stops. Like it doesn't matter what it looks like on the surface. When you look harder, you're going to find God in the stories. You're going to find God in the helpers and the love and the serving um, in the lives of people. And so I encourage you to join us in prayer. And I also encourage you to think about how you can be helping in, in big and tangible ways. All right. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. So my name is Tali Osipov. Um, I am a first-generation um, American. So my parents came from, from Ukraine. Um, actually, my mom is from Israel because she's Jewish, but her, her family background is from um, from Russia. So it's a big like Slavic background that we have. Um, and we are the Slavic community that I'm a part of. It's very um, close knit and it's very like up with culture and tradition. So I grew up like even though I was born here in America, I didn't speak English until I was like four or something because like we were going to school and they were going to put us in ESL because <laughs> they were like, these kids don't speak English. So that's kind of just um, a background of like, although, yeah, we are Americans, um, how we've kept with our culture. And so um, I, we do still go back to Ukraine often. And I was just there in, in January and um was able to get connections with churches on a mission trip we were there establishing um actually i'm wearing the t-shirt it's called which means new life in ukrainian mm -hmm. and uh, we were able just to help establish a church over there and uh um and so that's kind of how i came to be with this mission that i'm doing here in south carolina um it's called the ukrainian relief project um I am using the connections that I established with the church in Ukraine and with my mission group. There's there was 14 of us that went and we're scattered all throughout the states um, on the northeast coast and um, and well, South Carolina is the one little oddball. But the Lord knew because the community here has reached out in a way that I would have never, ever thought. And um, so, yeah, so we're we're working together here to support the missions that are going on in Ukraine um, at a time like this, the Lord really, his ways are not our ways. Like who would have ever thought that that group that we went, you know, thinking we were just going to serve in Ukraine at that time would actually continue on in a way even greater than we would have thought with more people than we would have thought. Right. The yeah. 14 have become like hundreds. <laughs> it's so exciting. Well, let's back up a little bit. Um, I want to hear, or just give me a better understanding of, of what Ukraine is like and what your culture looks like 
there and here? What is the religion of, of Ukraine typically? So um, Ukrainian culture, it's very, very rich. It's um, I'm going to be talking about like what it is in actual like Ukraine, Ukraine. And then I can give you kind of a background and how it is in like the Slavic American community. Mm-hmm. So Ukraine, it's very, um, it's very, or if you are religious, it's an Orthodox religion. And so it's, it's, you know, of maybe Jesus, you've seen um, his statue in the you know middle of the city with the big Catholic or, or Orthodox churches. Um, but you really don't know anything about him. You don't, you go to church maybe once a year, maybe. Um, and that's, that's pretty, pretty good standard. Um, many people have nothing, they want nothing to do with religion at all. So it's kind of, um, I think just coming from, from a communist background and where religion was, you know, very um, non-accepted. Uh, my parents actually, my dad growing up in Ukraine, he, his family, they were Christian, um, like Pentecostal Christians, evangelical Christians. Honestly, I never knew what I was growing up because I just said, oh, I'm a Ukrainian Christian. <laughs> but um, he, his family, his dad was actually um, in prison for, for his faith. Um, they, and then my, my dad, he came from a family of 11 kids and they didn't really have much opportunities. Even when my dad was in school, he left around like the eighth grade because of how much like his teachers were um, kind of persecuting him and then like always picking on him and his classmates like kind of following along on that. And he was like, there's no, there's no opportunity for me like to grow. So what's the point of even going to school? Like they were denied um, college educations for their faith. So that's kind of how like the history of religion in Ukraine is it, it's not really looked upon fondly. Um, and just the state of, of Ukraine, it's, it's very poor up until last year or, or 2020, I can't remember now, but it was act- Ukraine was the poorest country in Europe. I think now it's been replaced by like Moldova, which is very, it's like a border country to Ukraine. Um, but so it's very poor and it's very non-religious here in America. Um, there was a, a group of mainly Christian Ukrainians who were able to escape from Ukraine. That's like where my parents came in, um, in the early nineties. And so we kind of the Ukrainian, um, more so I'm not going to say Ukrainian, I'm going to say Slavic because it's, it's Ukrainians, it's Russians, it's Moldovians, it's Belarusians. We just all kind of speak the same language. And so. I'm just going to go by, by Slavic, um, Slavic, uh, Christian community. It's, um, it's very close knit now because of those experiences of what, you know, all, our parents and, and some of us experienced in Ukraine. So we kind of have held on very, very dearly to, um, our Christian faith here in America with that opportunity of freedom of religion. So your parents, were they married there? Did they meet and marry there? Mm-hmm. No, they met um, at a Slavic church here in America, in yeah. New York. Oh, yeah. wow. That didn't come over until the 90s. So that's not Yeah, right. I think my, yeah, yeah oh, like 94 or something like that. Wow. I'm so curious. I have so many questions, but I know we'll try to stay on topic. But I guess m- my main question is just how did your grandpa become a Christian in the first place? Do you know that story at all? Yeah, I do. So. 
Um, he, okay, it's very funny. He actually, because the Christian church was so persecuted in Ukraine, my grandpa was like, there has to be something to this. And so he ended up going right. to church service because he's like, why, why are they hiding this? And mm-hmm. that one day that he decided to go that one Sunday, um, the, the communist party, um, of like, what were they called? The KGB or something. Oh gosh, it slipped my mind. But the, the rule, the, um, the police at that time actually came to that church that one Sunday he was there and arrested everyone. <laughs> so my grandpa, he got taken to prison and they're like asking him all these questions. And he's like, I don't know what to answer. And they thought he was lying. So they kept him for like a few days and just pretty tortured him until they realized like, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my grandpa was like, this is real, the real deal. So after that, he, he changed his life and, and decided to, um, to continue on this path. And, and although he was still persecuted, he, he was like, no, this is something that's real and we need to, you know, strive for. It's mind blowing. And now look at you now, like you're here in Anderson, South Carolina. It's just wild. Isn't that I wild? know. I know. It's crazy. I, it's the Lord. Like, cause when we think about it, we're like, we don't even know how we got here to South Carolina. I didn't know how I got to, cause I went with a, a group of people to Ukraine in January. I was like a lone wolf from here there I was the only one and there and I didn't really know anybody on this trip so it's just the Lord yeah (laughs) I knew one guy but he ended up getting COVID so that is (laughs) that connection was like he was like quarantine I couldn't even be you know with my kind of friend Mm -hmm. wow wow well so is your family or your parents still here do you have siblings nearby yeah, we, we all live at home. It's very, very common for, um, for our like Slavic kids to be at home until you're married. So that could be a, like, even if you're 30, you're still living at home. I think it's not only like a Slavic thing, but just a, a big um, European and Asian kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we still all live at home. There's six of us kids. Um, my parents are here. We um have kind of the reason why we even came to South Carolina from New York is my dad thought South Carolina reminded him a lot of Ukraine (laughs) in the terms of like country style of life and he wanted a farm and cows so um we're kind of going back to those old roots how long have has your family been in South Carolina seven years okay and how old are you do you mind telling us I'm 22 okay Okay. Wow. So you moved here in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. My goodness gracious. That's amazing. Yeah. So much fun and hard. A lot of mix. Does he have cows? Have his dreams yeah. come true? Oh yeah. Cows, really? chickens. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we have like, fa- we have like fancy cows too. Like the Scottish Highlanders. Um, once, Hey, let me tell you one thing about, I think immigrants in general is that when they see opportunity, they take it and they will run as far as they can with it. So it's like, if they're going to go with an idea, they don't just stop at, you know, Oh, okay. I think that's good enough. No, they it's, it's never good enough. So we're always expanding and building and growing and it's, 
it's um, a work in progress always. Well, I'm going to need an invitation to come see these fancy cows. I think that's awesome. <laughs> good deal. Well, um, tell us, I guess, do you want to kind of switch over and tell us about your trip and what that sure. was like <laughs> and what the initial purpose was? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know what that. And so this was in January, um, 2022. So like a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, we went for the Orthodox Christmas time. So Orthodox Christmas is, uh, January 7th. That's when Ukrainians and Russians celebrate Christmas. Um, it's not December 25th, like it is here. So we were, uh, going for the first two weeks of January to, um, hand out presents to, um, orphanages. Um, and since those kids have time off from school, we did a church camp thing for them where we were able to share the gospel, how like a nativity story. Um, so that was kind of, that was the purpose of the trip. Now, since again, lone wolf tally didn't, I just heard about this trip, like for my sister's boyfriend that used to live up in New York, like just so random. And I was like, Hey, so this was also a couple like months into them already planning this trip. They actually, this group of people that went, went um, last summer as well. And it was kind of just a, a, a continuation, um, a build off of what they did in the summertime. It's in a city called Pithorodze, Ukraine. It's on the Western border. Um, more people know the city Lviv. It's a big um, historical city in Ukraine. So it's about two hours away from there. Um, it's a very small village. People there don't even have, like, a lot of people don't have cars. Um, so I, like I said, I didn't even know the purpose of the trip from the get-go. I was like, if there's room for me, um, I would love to join. So I, you know, he kind of got me into contact with the the people that were the leaders, organizers of the trip. And they're like, actually, there's no room for you because there's so much people that want to go. There's like 30, over 30 people had wanted to go, but they're like, we'll put you on a wait list. I was like, okay, it's the Lord's will. Like, I just completely trust you, God. Although I had like this urgency in my spirit, I can't even explain it. And I didn't understand why until now. Um, But I was like, I just knew that I was going to go, even though like I was put on a wait list to come onto the trip. So fast forward, like they, um, they called me and they're like, so what can you bring? And I kind of was like, well, not much, but here's like a small list of things that I can do kind of, um, take me as I am. And then they were like, okay, well you can come. So like a few people had backed out, (laughs) a few people had backed out. And so I got, I got on to, um, you know, join their, their meetings now and see what was, you know, what we were planning on doing, talking with the people in Ukraine. We did like zoom meetings all the time with with the church in Ukraine, Novojitsya um, New Life Church. Um, so now this was probably in October, come November, rumors of war, um, COVID restrictions. Um, a lot of people were not sure. Like a lot of parents didn't want kids, like their um, teenagers going either, because it's like a group of young people that went. So more than half of the trip ended up canceling. So there's 14 people left and I kind of had my own um, reserves about continuing on just 
like I still in my heart knew that I was going to go, but I, I couldn't help but be like, Hey, why am I not worried? And so I think that human nature of me was like, well, what about this? And then like, what about that? But like, it was like a battle between like flesh and spirit. Cause I was like, no, like you got to go. And I remember Cause I mean, I'm like, I'm personally not vaccinated against COVID. And so that's something I'm kind of big on. And I remember even telling, and that's something that we thought was possible that we would have to get vaccinated to come back into the States. Should we continue on to Ukraine? And I remember telling my dad, I was like, dad, the Lord wouldn't make me get vaccinated to come back to the States. If I'm going on a mission trip, he knows my heart. And he would go, and so my dad was like, Callie, do you know how many like people were martyred for Christ? Like they literally were killed. They're like burned at the stake. You need to let go of all of your res- reservations and just trust in God. Oh, like wow. and if something is going to, you know, he's like, just give it all to God. Don't think, oh, he's not going to like, don't even, you're not God. You're not God. Just trust him and he will take care of you. And if it be that you'll have to like get vaccinated or you'll even get stuck because of the war, because there was rumors of war going on in January. He was like, just trust God. And I was like, wow. Like my, my parents have always supported me through like everything. My dad himself was a missionary in Africa for a couple of years before he got married. Yeah. And- it sounds like they didn't even have any fears of you going. They just supported no. you. Yeah. And my, yeah. And that's how it's like, they've been my whole life and it's, it's wonderful. And so anyways, come down getting to like the couple days before the trip I had to fly from New York from South Carolina to New York that trip ended up getting canceled like my airplane my flight ended up getting canceled like three four times and I'm like I feel like when you're like doing something for the Lord you're and and these like these block blockages happen. You're like, is this from the Lord? Or is it from the devil? Like, is he trying, is the devil trying to stop me or is the Lord trying to tell me something? And I'm like, again, it's that urgency in my spirit that I knew I had to go. And I'm yeah, like, okay. because sometimes you have to just cling to that first hope. Like God mm-hmm. put this stirring in my heart and yeah, all of these things are going to look and appear bad or hard or wrong, or but you have to cling to the word that God gave you to go. And it worked oh, out. Yeah. You went. <laughs> yeah. I got there and the, on, so yeah, I get to Ukraine and it was beyond all of our expectations of what was going on there. We had our plans to visit the orphanages. We had our plans to do, um, you know, outreaches and women's prisons and men's rehab. And we were able to do that and the Lord blessed it, but it was the unexpected things. It was the people that we were in, we went to gypsy churches. There's a lot of gypsies in Ukraine. Um, that, so the gypsy community in Ukraine is very, uh, like you don't associate with them. They're very looked down upon. They have their own life and you have your own life. They don't, their kids don't even go to like school. They're like illiterate. Um, and so we were able to go and, and be at those churches as well. So, yeah, so we're, so it was in those unexpected things of like the people that we were able to touch, even the librarians of the, um, where we were doing the, the camp, um, cause it was in like this building, um, obviously it's very cold there right now. And like those librarians that were there just to make sure things were going smoothly on there and not like in our, not a part of our faith group, they were so touched and 
it was the people that we saw in the village, like we're buying all this decorations to set up our, our camp. And it's those people that were like, why are you buying this? And, and we're able to minister to them. Like, um, the, actually while we were doing the church camp, the main priest. So the priest, um, of the Orthodox church is very, um, well-respected, uh, people, he's kind of like, um, a big leader in, in villages communities he actually came to our church camp and started yelling at us and trying to get he was like you guys are because we were doing like little stations we had like a cotton candy machine station he goes you're just buying these kids off with candy and he was like yelling at the kids there he was like you guys have to go home like you're going to be kicked out of our like church like you can't have anything to do with this group of of christians um I didn't. So I'm in my own station. I'm do. I was in charge of arts and crafts. So I'm like in another part of the building. I had, I didn't even know who this guy was. I didn't know that he was yelling at people and he comes into my room and I'm like making bracelets with the kids and he's just standing there. And I just thought he was a grandpa of one of the kids. And so I'm like, like I invited him to like come make bracelets with us. And I like, I made him a bracelet. Um, it was like a Ukrainian bracelet and I, I gave it to him and he took it. And he like, even was like, thank, he said, which means thank you sunshine in ukrainian and i'm like thinking this whole time that this is just a grandpa and then later they tell me that he was like causing this massive chaos in the other rooms and i'm just like i hope the lord used that little bracelet to show him that we're just here for good (laughs) so much fun i'm sure he still has it (laughs) i made one for his wife too Of course you did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. So then you come home and all of this has just crashed and it's become this horrible thing. How's your heart feeling and how is that impacting you and your church and your community? Um, yeah, it would, it, so people really didn't expect anything to happen. Like, yeah, I know America had been kind of saying things like, oh, there may be a war between Russia and Ukraine. But even the people in Ukraine, like we were, we were just talking with them. They're like sending us jokes about it, like memes from Instagram of them, like waiting for like nobody could have ever really thought that this was going to happen. We, yeah. So it was a, it was really shocking for us, <clears throat> actually. And uh, for about a few days we were kind of torn about it like no knowing that there wasn't anything that we can do in a way because it was just everything was up in the air and just like these places are getting bombed where my family personally um we're from Kharkiv which is the city that's currently um getting the biggest attacks and we like it was hard to keep up with people um that we know over there and so we were it was a very depressing time to be honest. Like it was just brokenness. Um, and then my group got together, like we're, we got on zoom and we're like the group, the mission group. We're like, what can we do? Like, Hey, we were not just there last month for, to, for it to have ended there at that time, even though, you know, we do have plans to go in the summer. Like we weren't just planning on just leaving that church. It's something that we're going to continue working with. Um, but we're like, Hey, this mission that we were on, it was called the Christmas project. It's not done. Like we, God placed us there for a time such as this. What can we do as a community now? 
So we started like brainstorming ideas of what we can do. We were talking with the pastor, um, his name is Misha over in, in Ukraine, like Misha, like what, what can we do? And, um, he, and he was like, well, first of all, pray, like pray, pray, pray. Like you've never prayed before. I know people say like, Oh, all that we can do is pray, but that's the most that we can do truly mm-hmm. because we have gotten even reports of like, um, Russian tanks just driving by people as if like those people were invisible to them. We have gotten reports of like bombs just going like landing and they didn't even go off. Like the, this is what those people are telling us. And then another thing is that's so amazing is that these churches are in Ukraine. There's not a lot of them, like, you know, alive acting churches. I'm not talking about like the Orthodox churches that again have services on Christmas time, like active churches that preach the gospel. Um, they're telling us like God is giving us this opportunity to spread the gospel to, to people who would have never, ever given us a a second glance, like pray for us to have strength, pray for us to have wisdom. And so that, so we were like getting together as churches and just praying. And then God gave us an opening through, um, this organization called Mies to start collecting supplies. And now my mission, my person, we've been collecting like medical supplies and food and, um, and just, um, urgent items that they've been telling us that they need. We've been updating our list as we go along. Um, so we've been collecting that. We already have, um, pallets being shipped or well flown to you to Poland. So it takes like five to seven days. It's relatively quick. It's going to get there, but we're actually having people from our mission team, the group of 14 people, um, go to Poland. What day is it? Saturday today. Um, one girl's leaving at 9 PM. And then we have, um, a couple guys leaving tomorrow. They're going to Poland and they're going to be working with organizations to bring, to buy supplies, um, and to bring them across to the border, to that church, um, in Pithorotsi that we were working with. So the Lord opened up that passageway too. We've been, um, collecting finances to donate to them, um, to buy, like I said, to buy the supplies, to fill up gas tanks for, um, churches in Poland that are driving to the border, picking up refugees and bringing them to safe places. Um, so the, yeah, so the Lord is, bring, is he really out of ashes creating beauty because in this dark time, God is being glorified through the workings of hands and feet and, and prayers. And isn't it so interesting how, um, it appears and just in a bigger picture, it appears like evil is taking over. It appears like, like love is not going to win. But then when you get to the specific stories and the individuals, which I think my desire in talking to you and, and sharing personal things is to help us remember like every single individual person over there who, you know, with a face and a name and a life and a a full of dreams and hopes and family. Um, And it's so easy to like, see the big picture, but to really strip all of that away and see how God is caring for the heart of the individual and um, that God like love wins and God conquers sin and he has the victory and it's so evident in story. Like God has made visible through you sharing all of those exact like examples of how he's showing up for others. And it's neat because I guess what I was going to ask you is how do we have hope in this? 
but I think you've already answered it. Like hope comes in all of those little moments, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's almost like you forget about the goodness of God when you're just living your everyday to day life in a way and not everybody, but I I do think the vast majority of us. And when you're faced with these trials, like people often are like, why does God allow evil to happen? But no, it's God in this evil place is allowing good to happen. Like he's bringing hope. He's bringing like, um, you know, eternal glory. This is, yeah, this earthly things that are happening and these earthly evils, we see them all the time. Wars happen, not only in Ukraine and in lots of places and, and then they stop and then they come back again. So yeah, these like temporary things that are happening on this earth, but in this, like the eternal goodness of God is showing through that people's lives are getting changed. Yeah. It's just astounding to me that we're way over here in Anderson, South Carolina, and it feels so hard to feel like you have a way to help or a way to do something. And I just really appreciate how you're rallying all of us together and it unifies the body and it allows each person to, um, express, you know, what God is doing in their lives by giving generously to other people. And I love what you said yesterday when we talked about just we're humans together, you know, we're people together and we're really all alike. And you seem to really have a heart for that. How has that kind of become evident in what you're doing this week? Yeah. So when I had first started out like this, um, the Ukrainian, I now name it the Ukrainian Relief Project. When I first started out, it was more of like an individual thing of like, just trying to get whatever I can, not expecting, not ever knowing, imagining that a community would want to get involved. This was more so just like in my individual church, because we have a few Slavic churches around here. We have three in Anderson. We have a bunch in Spartanburg. Um, and so I thought like, this was just going to be kind of like our amongst our Slavic churches. So like, I, again, not thinking anything really big would come out of it. And then I have all of these people reaching out to me. I have all of like American churches in our community, people at my job, um, just strangers calling me. Cause like I may, I've created a couple like of these little slides of information, like contact me. And like, I am getting so many calls and texts of like these people that are like, what can I do to help? We want to help. We want to be a part of this. Um, and I would have never imagined. And it's just honestly, again, the goodness of God, the, the testimony of, of his church, like we're Ukrainians, there's Americans, there's, um, you know, different cultures, but at the end of the day, like we're all people. And I think everyone is seeing that who is getting affected in this, in this war uh, between Ukraine and Russia right now is the innocent people. It's not a thing of politics at all. I've never, I don't even think I've mentioned politics in this whole two weeks that I've been working. Like, it's not about the politics. It's the innocent people. And that's, what's bringing us together. That's the, that's the like unity is 
that we've realized that we are all just members of one body and we're here to help other members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we've been working with the churches and in, um, in Ukraine, they're the ones who have kind of like been our eyes over there and, and yeah. So let's be a little bit more specific and teach us you, you were talking about Slavic and tell me again, what Slavic includes or what that means. So Slavic is like Ukrainian, Russian, Moldovian, Belarusian. It's people that have very like similar, it's kind of like um, Latin or like, or Hispanic, you know, there's like mm-hmm. Mex- I think Mexican and like um, yeah from Guatemala, whatever. I think they all co- combine into that category. That's kind of what Slavic is like too. It's people that share a common language. Most of us understand, like speak and understand Russian as well. Like that's kind of, I think like during the fall of Yugoslavia, like Yugoslavia, the Cold War, people, everyone spoke Russian, even though that's what was taught at schools. Even though like, if you lived in Ukraine, you, you spoke Ukrainian at home, but when you're at school or the news that was in Russian, um, same in like Moldova, same in, in Belarusia. Um, is the division between the Russian people and the Ukrainian people. There's so much overlap yes. and right. I mean, yes, there's not, they're not enemies in the individual no. world. So how does, do you know anything about that? Yes. So let me just actually, you, you said it and it just like came to my mind. So amongst us, like Ukrainian Russians um, here, like, even in our churches, because there are like Ukrainians and there are Russians and like, we were kind of, I think, um, yeah, we work together and it's more of like, it was more of a joking thing um, of like, oh, we're Ukrainian and you're Russian. Um, And it was like, who's better, the Ukrainians or the Russians? It it was like a joke, but there was still kind of that like division between us. Like, again, don't take it seriously. Right, innocently. Yes. But now it's like, the that that even joke of that that joke of division has been completely like demolished we are so connected we're so like no we're working together we're um what can we do to help like this yeah there it's hard because in russia like even the ones there information is very um it's like a propaganda of information so a lot of Russians don't even know what's truly going on. If you look at the news, it's like, I mean, you can do your research. Like Russian news is saying that nothing is even happening in Ukraine. So, but even then, like in this way, um, I think the Russian people have like gotten together. The majority of Russian people have gotten together and are like supporting peace. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then Poland is the neighbor, but how is their culture different? Or, I mean, they are not Slavic, right? Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think Poland falls under that. That's Slavic. They're friendly and willing to help. And is that a new thing or is that, how did that? Um, yeah, we honestly, we never were really, um, so like our churches weren't really associated with like pol like the Polish community um as much as it was with like the Russian community or like the Moldovian or you know like that kind yeah. so yeah I do think that like the what so what Poland's role is now is just the fact that it is 
um, a border border to Ukraine. So the place where I was in in Ukraine, it's only like 30 kilometers away from the, the Polish border. So it's very close. And Poland has opened up, like I said, Poland has opened up its borders to the refugees um, coming in. Uh, they actually have made it very, very easy for them. They took away any kind they, I think you only need like a passport, but before you needed a visa and stuff, they've completely gotten rid of that. And they've been very, very helpful in helping refugees find um, harbors and safe places in yeah. Poland and um, Polish churches. So we kind of, you can understand the Polish language. Like we, you know, we, I do have some Polish friends and I can kind of get, get what they're saying. Um, so it makes it very, it's very beneficial that our languages are still kind of similar. And the fact that we can um, communicate with, with the churches over there to help out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping us understand all of that. It's, um, it's really interesting and it's so different from America to have all these countries that neighbor each other like that. And I'm just fascinated by how it all works. I think it's interesting because like, yeah, you would look at me like even at the hospital and you would just think, oh, she's just like another typical um, American because I don't have an accent or anything. And, and yeah, like that is the case, but like, you know, I am American. I'm very proud. Like I love America. Um, So I would never, you know, just be like, oh, I'm just Ukrainian and no, I, we are so appreciative. <laughs> we love America. I, I think sometimes we're even more patriotic than other mm-hmm. Americans. Like, I'm you know, positive you are. Yeah, history lies here for hundreds of years, just because we're so grateful for this place. Um, but but yeah, it's it's amazing to see that like culture lies deep within groups. And um, I, I love culture. I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I'm so fascinated by how God shows up in each culture and how he like, he obviously is not changing, but he does lean down close and fit within the culture. Obviously he's bigger than the culture. So not trying to make God small, but I do believe that he shows up differently in each culture. And it's just so I'm enamored by it all. I think it's really, really neat. Um, well, tell us, is there anything else you want to share? Are you ready to kind of tell us how we can help and how we can show up for you? Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm ready. I've been working on it for like two weeks now. So it's been, um, it's been a very, um, you know, dedicated project and commitment because this is a big responsibility, um, to make sure that the help is actually getting to where it needs to go. So I have been working like with that group of the missionaries that went to Ukraine in January. Um, we have been working amongst our Slavic churches um, as individuals, but then also as a group effort. And so here in South Carolina, our church in Anderson, it's called Summer of God. It's right off of East River Street um, near downtown Anderson. And and so in particular summer of God, we created a, um, a project. It's called the Ukrainian relief project. You can find it on our website, um, summer And there's like a link to, um, like a support Ukraine. I created a Facebook page as well. And, um, what we've been doing is we've been collecting, um, first and foremost is finances because, um, right now it's kind of expensive to ship out products. Uh, it costs about $2 and 30 cents per pound to ship it out. So 
we have been, now that we have like, um, you know, people that are on the field, we're able to get more with that. So they're able to buy whatever is necessary and transport it into Ukraine. And then they're also, um, they're also filling up gas tanks for the people that are transporting um, from the border into safe places, buying food for, because there's, there's women and children that have been eaten for days that have been, they had to leave their cars because the, the lines to get into Poland at the border of customs is so long that they either, they ran out of gas or they just gave up and started walking, thinking it'd be faster. And I mean, it's cold there. It's freezing cold. They're walking throughout the night. They're, they have nothing. So um, we've been um, able to feed them, you know, once they get into Poland, uh, been able to clothe them, uh, give them medicines right now, really big need uh, because most people are hiding in basements. A really big uh, need is children's medicine because kids are getting so sick. So we've been um, being able to buy that or if you would rather donate physical items, we've been able to collect that as well. And like I said, we already had a, sh a shipment go out two days ago and there's going to be um, a new shipment. I have just, so we're working with a church in Charlotte because we have to deliver all these supplies to New York. We want to make sure it's worth it with, um, you know, the gas and the delivery costs So we've been working with the church in Charlotte to combine all of our physical donations and bring it up to New York together. And because so many people have reached out, we want to extend it one more week of physical donations to um, to get as much as we can in one go. And all that information is on the Ukrainian Relief Project on okay. Facebook and on our church website, summerofgod.church. So that's what we've been doing. And like I said, the, commu the community has been, I'm like overwhelmed. Like I just, one day I was telling my dad what's been going on and I just broke down in tears because I'm like, I could have never imagined so many people would want to help like our little country of Ukraine. I feel like so many people didn't even know that that country existed until like this past year. Uh, it is overwhelming and it's exciting. Well, we definitely want to help and appreciate you just pouring out. I know that your heart is full, but also hurting and heavy. And so I just want you to know that we're praying for you and your community here and also every single person individually in Ukraine and then Ukraine as a country. Please pray for the churches as well that, you know, in this time the, of opportunity to spread the gospel, that they would have the wisdom and the, the strength to, to really be the hands and feet of God in a time like this. Yeah, it sounds like they are doing a really great beautiful job at that, but I know it's really hard. So, well, Tally, thank you so, so much. You are so thank brave you. and beautiful. And I'm so proud of you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm hoping to go to Poland myself sometime soon. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it'll work out. If not, I'll be in Ukraine in the summer. Um, and I'll still continue with that Ukrainian relief project of posting what we're doing in the summertime. We already, you know, we have our date set. We're going in July, uh, uh, to sometime in August. I can't remember exactly, but we are still going back to Ukraine in the summer. Hopefully I'm going to be able to go to po Poland earlier, but if not, we have that, um, that group of people that are there right now too. So please pray for them as well. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That's amazing. Praise God.